So welcome back, everyone. I am really excited about today. This is Kids These Days podcast, and I'm your host, Dr. Beth Trammell. And I, uh, I'm a licensed psychologist, but I also really just love sharing different tips and tricks about mental health, mental wellness with, uh, with parents, with listeners. And I'm really excited today because I have one of my students here with me, um, Andre Smith. And um, he is going to share some tips on depression, which, you know, what I love about you, Andre, is that you have taken on this topic of depression. And some people are really kind of nervous about talking about depression, and they're kind of scared to think about this. And I love how you're going to come up with five tips for folks to think about and, and it's almost like demystifying depression a little bit. And so I'm really excited to have you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us one fun thing before we get into these tips. All right. Thanks, Dr. Yeah, my name is Andre. Um, I'm a student at uh, Indiana University, um, psychology student. Um, this is my senior year. Um, probably one fun thing about me. There's a lot of fun things about me, but uh, one fun thing about me is I love to fish. I love to uh, catch different things, specifically crabs or even uh, salmon. Those are some of the things I like to do. You know, I remember the first time we met through a virtual meeting, right? Because yeah. you um, live states away from where I, I teach in Indiana. And I remember this fun thing about you that you like to fish and, um, you know, it just, it's such a fun thing to, to learn people's hobbies as you get to know them. And so it's just really fun. So, and you're a senior. So what does that mean from here? From here, I have a lot of work to do. <laughs> um, my hope is to, to go to grad school to study uh, industrial organizational psychology, that's uh, work psychology. Um, I hope to actually be able to help families by helping the businesses that they work for. I think it's so important uh, with where we're at right now that businesses, I think, are starting to get more and more on board with understanding how mental wellness really plays into the success of the of the business. And I love that that is what you're seeing, what you know to be kind of your calling or your push toward helping families and in turn helping businesses. I think it's great. Thank you. Yeah, it's great. So in the meantime, we're going to help listeners now as they think about depression. And, you know, so as a psychologist, I talk, um, you know, I have been in private practice for 16 or 17 years now. And this word depression can sometimes be really tricky. Some people are really like, turned off by this word. And they're like, no, 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 I'm not depressed. And oh my gosh, it, it terrifies me to think that my kid might be depressed. And so I love some of your thoughts here about this that you've been researching to share ways that we can just really break it down for parents. So what's your first thing that you want parents to know about depression and kids? So absolutely. The first thing is that children will often wear their depression differently. Uh, believe it or not, many children with depression goes untreated because their parents don't seem to recognize that they're depressed. And that's just because it looks different. Um, sometimes the new emotions can be difficult for the children to uh, be able to identify or even explain. 
And then with teenagers, often they'll avoid those emotions altogether. Yeah, that's so good. You know, most kids don't grow up with this knowledge that depression is even a thing. You know, in fact, they'll usually say something like, I just don't feel good. You know, maybe it, it presents as like belly issues or things like that because they're like, I don't know what to call it, but it just doesn't feel good. Right? Absolutely. And it, different things such as uh, weight gain or changes in weight or insomnia every single day. And then the biggest one is actually agitation. Yeah. You know, this is something that I think one of the biggest drawbacks in understanding depression in kids is what you're absolutely saying, right? That we see agitation from kids as they're being a pain in the rear. They are being disrespectful. They are, um, you know, being non-compliant or they're being a brat or whatever. So this agitation word is something that's really critical for us to, you know, sometimes our kids are just being a pain in the rear. Frankly, sometimes I'm a pain in the rear, right? I mean, I, <laughs> I'm sure right. there are moments where you have gotten emails from me that you're like, Dr. Tramell, you're a pain in my rear. <laughs> but outside of that, sometimes this agitation really is from an underlying space of depression and mood and sadness and just overall kind of blah that then comes out as agitation. And so I think it's really important for parents to, to take a pause when they seem to be in this phase with their kid that, gosh, they're just kind of more disrespectful or they've been kind of hard lately. Maybe it is they're just hard or maybe it is we should take a deeper look to see if, if they're wearing depression differently than what we think in our mind. Definitely. As a matter of fact, um, my nephew, um, one of my newest nephews, because I just recently got married, um, I thought that he was just a pain in the rear. I thought that was his personality. That's how I met him. Um, steadily, I started to learn, you know, what really was going on for him. But I didn't know there was anything going on. I just assumed, hey, this is him. He's an opportunist and he seems to be negative effective. It's just how he is. And that's certainly not the case. It's so good. I, I think it comes, that realization comes when you can kind of pause and think of it differently. And I think that's why I love that we're starting with this one, that it's like, okay, so let's just take a minute and think about it differently. Like maybe it is from this place of, hmm, they have seen more withdrawn. They've been trying to avoid doing different things. And they have been having trouble sleeping and they have been having trouble eating, either gaining weight or losing weight, changes in appetite, like you said. Um, and they've been more irritable, agitated. Let's take a deeper look. I think that's great. Okay. So your next, I loved the way that you put this next one, because I talk about this a lot, but I had never thought about the way you're describing it. So, so tell us what number two is for you. Sure. So number two is peel away the sticky stigma of blame. Mm, that's good. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's important to uh, express that depression is like any other illness. Uh, we don't make ourselves sick. It's not our fault that we catch the cold and neither is depression. So the key is keeping um, open communication and met about mental health throughout the years. I mean, I just don't think I can really say it any better. You know, like peel away the sticky stigma of blame, right? That we think 
ah, the stigma around mental health makes me absolutely bonkers. And I feel like we may be getting somewhere closer to having a, a better understanding that mental illness isn't a choice. Right. right. I think we're getting better. And I think this pandemic has taught us that mental wellness is important and mental illness is real. But I think it's so good to remind folks that, you know, well, actually now I'm thinking of two things. One, it is peeling away that, that stigma of blame. Like it's your fault. You need to just get up and move more. You just need to get up and get out of the house more. Or if you would do this, you would feel better. While some of that may be true, we're putting that blame, which is which is not where we want to be. And I think the second thing I'm thinking as I'm talking out loud about this, it's also this idea that I'm going to blame myself as the parent, right? So I sometimes talk to parents that are like, well, what did I do to cause this in my kid? Well, what if I would have done this? What if I would have done that? And honestly, I don't know. You can share what you think. But for me, I think sometimes we want to blame, we want to blame someone, or something, because it's hard for me to actually think my kid is depressed. Like that's a hard thing as a parent to think about. And so if I could blame someone or something, even if it's I'm blaming myself, somehow it feels better, but it really takes away. It takes away from our path to treatment. I don't know. What are your thoughts about that? I definitely agree. I think it kind of comes from, or at least if I had to look at it, it would be we have a cause and effect mentality. So we're looking, we see the effects that so we're trying to find the cause. Mm. And so that's where we're like, we're trying to find, okay, well, that was the cause. Oh, no, that wasn't the cause. Then maybe I was the cause, Oh, you know, but I think that sometimes it's not about, well, specifically with depression, it's not so much about the cause. Um, not in that sense. It's more about how can we get through it? Yeah. Together. Absolutely. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. I think to, to your point, it's, it's not, it's not who's to blame in terms of cause it's okay. Here, here's where we are and we can accept that this is where we are. And now let's take a path forward. Right. Yeah. Great. Okay. So we are going to make sure that we realize that they wear it differently. We're going to make sure that we're going to peel away the sticky stigma of blame and now what's number three? Number three is to make it age appropriate. <laughs> yeah. And that goes all the time when we speak with our children. We must make sure that we're utilizing words that they, they relate to. Um, there's no point of over-intellectualizing or under-intellectualizing, depending on where they are. Um, words matter. Ooh, I... I my listeners already know this. It's like I have trained you to say this and I didn't even train you to say this, but it's so true. Taking a hard look and, and maybe not even a hard look, but an intentional look at, at the child you want to talk about this to, right? Like what is it that they need? What is it that they need to hear from this space of how much is, is, an appropriate amount. And in fact, this is a common question that people ask, like how much is too much? And I have some suggestions about that in terms of age range and that sort of thing. 
But really at the end of the day, and I think this is, this is also what you're saying is that it's really less about, oh my gosh, I'm going to freak my kid out if I tell him too much. It's really more about just taking a minute to think about it, right? What is it that they kind of need to know? You know your kid better than anyone else. And so I could say to you, yeah, well, at the preschool age, you know, you might just talk to them about sadness. You might talk to them about their energy level and how they've kind of been down or whatever. But really, at the end of the day, if you take a look at your child and just think, hmm, what is it that they need to know about depression? Maybe that's just what you need to do and then engage in the conversation. I think sometimes we live in this space of fear, like I don't want to tell too much and it's really just holding us back from having a conversation at all. Definitely. And you have um, a recommendation for a book listed here on our flyer that we will have on the website. So uh, folks that are listening in, make sure you go back and find, um, you know, some, some books that you might want to use to start the conversation. I love that idea, um, especially with our little, um, our little ones and even for our teenagers, Sometimes making, uh, you know, the door open to the conversation could include things that you've seen on social media, things that you've seen on television, that you could start the conversation by saying, you know, hey, I was watching this and I thought about you and I thought, hey, you know what, I probably need to have this conversation your kid may not be having depressive thoughts, but maybe they have a friend who's having some depressive thoughts or behaviors. So making it age appropriate, I think is great. Absolutely. So what's number four? Number four is uh, keep connection even through teen years. Yeah. And this is kind of deep. I, so it, it's a known phenomenon that when children reach their preteen and their teenagers, they want independence. Um, However, this studies show a correlation between parents' alienation and teenage depression during these specific years, um, particularly through their mother and child bonds, uh, more than the father to child bonds. And that's kind of where it kind of takes me to the story um, with my nephew again, because he's actually a preteen. And I didn't pay attention to the fact that you know, he was living with his grandparents. That was something that was kind of normal in my family. So when I saw it, I said, oh, okay, he's living with his grandparents. And he was always really, really upset and always really, really uh, not as engaging as I thought he might be. But then I saw the day that he was there with his mother. And that day he transformed from the child that I had known him to be to somebody just so pleasant, so sweet. And the biggest thing about transformations is when we see a transformation, it transforms us. Mm -hmm. So when I saw that, I said, whoa, there's, that's a big difference here. This, there's an answer. There's a reason uh, between how he was, you know, operating. And it had a lot to do with his, his mother's bond with him. Um, it's so good. I think, you know, as we, take research and we apply it into our everyday lives, it's so powerful to see, right? Where you're like, our teens and our tweens are going through so much, right? They've got hormones that they don't know how to manage. Their brains are developing in ways that, you know, are sometimes incongruent with the things that they're experiencing in the world. And so it leaves them with a lot of gaps, 
and understanding how I'm feeling and understanding the world around me. And so I love that we're sort of having this conversation about, okay, our teens, we know they want some independence, right? They want to withdraw. They want to kind of do their own thing. And we also need to continue having conversations with them that pull them back in. You know, I work with some high schools where um, one of the principals and I were talking about some topics that parents might sometimes have a hard time talking with their teens about. And I always talk about this nudge, right? Like teenagers really just need a nudge when they're being a little withdrawn or they're being a little bit, you know, contrarian, maybe they may just need a little nudge, a gentle, but affirming nudge that says, Hey, I want to engage you. I want to engage with you in this conversation. And they may be like, no, I hate you. And I hate one. I don't want to do this. Right. (laughs) That's kind of a teenagery thing to say, but that nudge continues to tell them you matter to me. I care about you. And, and this is important for us to, to keep communicating. And so I like the idea of kind of finding a balance between allowing the independence, but then also making some nudges that show them that they matter and that we care and we want to continue to have these kind of conversations. Absolutely. I, I think it's, I think of it kind of like just reminding them, Hey, this door is always open. Yeah. It's really good. That's great. Okay. And so let's say, okay, we've done these things. We're having conversations and it feels like, okay, I'm a little bit concerned that my kid may have some level of depression. I'm not sure how much or how little or where they're at, but okay. I I feel like my kid's probably depressed, right? So your last tip kind of addresses this. Maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't, I should do something. Absolutely. And the last tip is remember it can be treated. And so, yeah, you, you can definitely uh, take your child to see a a therapist, uh, get something called cognitive behavior therapy. What it would do, and as a matter of fact, that's uh, the front line for depression according to the APA. And what it would do is just help your child see uh, their negative thoughts and be able to replace them with positive ones. Yeah, I I think we can't say this enough, right? That as we're kind of rounding out our five tips and if you're getting to this point in 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 the podcast where you're thinking, Ooh, yeah, this probably describes my kid. This is the moment to make the call, right? After this is over, make the call to your insurance to ask what providers are in your area that, that take your insurance. If you don't have insurance, you can find some great therapists at community mental health centers, or there are you know universities that train therapists that often have counseling centers on, on their campus where you can learn from trainees. Um, or you can, you know, get therapy from trainees, but really, you know, cognitive behavior therapy is something that many therapists practice, or at least the techniques of thought stopping are, are really common. And, you know, this is one, uh, of the treatment techniques and there's lots of treatment techniques that can be great. So if you find a therapist that you like, and maybe they don't do CBT specifically, but they'll have lots of great other ideas, go ahead and make the call, get, get your, get your, your child in to see someone so that you don't have to keep going in this cycle. So I think it's a great reminder to parents that go ahead and make the call then. Right. It's well worth it. Yeah. 
All right. So these were really great tips. Is there anything that you, um, you know, you maybe you didn't get a chance to say that you feel like, hey, this is probably one, one more reminder for parents as, as they think about depression, um, either in the conversation they're having with kids or, you know, I'm kind of wondering about what this depression thing might look like or how are people going to judge me as a parent if I, if I say my kid has depression? I don't know. Do you have any other last minute thoughts, Andre? Hmm. Maybe not so much on the child side, but on the parent side, sometimes parents who are suffering through depression uh, may not, it might be a hard conversation to have with their child. Um, what I've seen in my research is that uh, your child probably does know that you have depression. So it'd be very important that you address it. It's really smart, you know, that that maybe there's someone listening here that's like, well, that's not really my kid, but that's kind of me, yeah. right? I know I've been diagnosed with depression. I know that I, um, you know, I know I tend to sway this way, but I actually haven't ever had a conversation about depression with my child I think it's a good reminder to just begin the conversation and say, this is kind of my experience. And this is kind of how, you know, when, when mommy does this, not to make an excuse, but to, to let them in to a little bit of it. We don't want to burden them with, with, you know, everything that's going on. But I, I love the idea of allowing them into some of that conversation, because like you're saying, they know something's kind of off. They know something's kind of going on but they can't really put their name on it. And so giving it a name could be really impactful for them. I think that's great. Uh, I am so excited that you decided to say yes to this today. I'm so thankful that you were here. And I look forward to hearing what what additional thoughts you might have on this topic or, or more topics in the future. And I know that there's going to be a company someday that you can share some of this with. And it's going to be equally as impactful as it has been today. So thank you for being here. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I'm really excited to, to hear what folks have uh, to say about this. So if you um, want to follow Make Words Matter on Facebook, MWM with Kids, and um, feel free to make any suggestions, share any feedback, share this with folks who you think might benefit. So until next time, y'all, we'll see you.